subject matter, coarse language, intense situations, and is meant for an adult audience. Listener discretion is advised. Some Halloween traditions can really get under your skin. Bleeder's Digest, issue number 21, The Skinned Man. This story is called The Skinned Man, written by Chrissy Fox. I'm Chaz Bono, and I'm playing The Skinned Man. Some people would think it's hard to start over mid-senior year. New school, new town, no friends. But not for me. I needed this. I just needed a fresh start. It felt like my old life was strangling me. I made friends with the wrong group at my old school, constantly in trouble. I even got a mark on my record for shoplifting some expensive electronic I didn't even want. It sounds cliche, I know, to say I was pressured, but yeah, no excuses. Just my own stupidity. So here I am, clean slate on my first day at Jefferson West High School in Night Springs, Indiana. I slide into a desk in my new homeroom just as the bell rings. I feel eyes burning a hole in me. I look a couple rows over to my left to see this greasy-haired weirdo just staring, intentionally trying to make me uncomfortable. A pretty red-haired girl slides into the seat next to me. She leans over. That's Thomas McAnus. He has the word anus in his last name for a reason. He's fucking disgusting and an asshole. Stay away from that. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not interested. Your first day? Yeah. Welcome. I'm Ariel. I look at her slightly amused. Like the... Yes, like the mermaid. With red hair like mine, you can't make this shit up. (laughs) Thanks, Mom. I laugh. This girl seems really cool. Could I actually be this lucky to possibly have made a friend already? Having at least one ally would be nice. I'm Poppy. Cute. I look around. Still no teacher. Yeah, this is Mr. Hart's class. He notoriously shows up late and we basically do nothing in homeroom. It's social hour. Oh, that's cool. So, Miss Poppy, you know anyone here? Did you just move to town? Yep. Just moved last week. Don't know a soul. The only people in town I've met so far are in the businesses where I was dropping off my resume. I'm desperately looking for a job. My parents say if I get one, they'll help me get a car. Oh, shit. That's pretty chill of them. Hey, in the meantime, I know of a family that's looking for a babysitter Saturday. I have plans and can't do it. I mean, if you're cool with kids. They're actually pretty mellow and funny. (laughs) Boy and a girl. What? On Halloween? Really? Yeah, my boyfriend's band is playing, so I can't. He's in college. Oh, yeah, yes, thank you. (laughs) I'd really love to do it. Anything that's going to get me some cash coming in. I think the dad's kind of creepy, but they tip well. Thanks. Seriously. Ariel smiles at me. She's super pretty. No problem. What are new friends for? Mr. Hart strolls in. Do you all have some reading material? Yes. The class all mumbles yes in response. Great. 
I'll be back in a minute. Mr. Hart leaves the classroom. Slacker. Seriously, how do they pay that guy? I laugh. <laughs> it is pretty ridiculous. Okay, so full disclosure, the Coens, that's the family you're babysitting for, they live in this pretty famous house in town. Like, other kids are scared of it. Okay, so no trick-or-treaters? Yeah, no, definitely not. It's kind of sad, because Marky and Sarah are the sweetest kids, and they have, like, no friends but each other. Because of this house? Yeah. I think it's probably total bullshit, but you'll hear about it sooner or later. Supposedly, the house is built on this, like, haunted land. Older people in town insist there's some kind of underground mausoleum on their property. The legend is that, like, a hundred years ago or something, the people in this town secretly rounded up all the criminals and the evil who lived among them, <laughs> brutally killed them, and put their bodies in this mausoleum they had discovered by following some old underground tunnels. Yeah, so supposedly it's right under the Cohen's house, and people swear they see spirits and shit there all the time when they walk by at night. Ariel rolls her eyes. I swallow. I have to admit, it does kind of make me nervous. Wow, like your town's own little hell. Now I see why you're giving up the Halloween night babysitting sesh. Ariel laughs. No, they're cool. <laughs> and I've never had an issue there. Never seen any ghosts. So now it's Halloween night and I'm standing on the edge of the Cohen's property. I see the creepy factor already. The house itself looked really old, like hundreds of years. <laughs> but it's really beautiful at the same time. There are no outdoor lights except a small porch light that's tinted red. I walk up their old creaky porch steps crossing through a spider web. The spider falls and hits the ground. It scatters as I tear the web off in an embarrassing panic. The front door swings open and it's an adorable little girl with blonde hair. She looks maybe six years old. She's here! The little girl excitedly runs off, disappearing into the gigantic house. I step into the doorway. Hey! I jump. Fuck, that scared me. Mr. Cohen appears from a room to my right. You must be Poppy. Uh, yeah. Sorry, you scared me. Sorry, lots of ways to sneak up on somebody in this house. I collect myself and step inside. Closing the front door behind me, Mr. Cohen is actually kind of hot. My cheeks flush just thinking about it. You good? Oh, yeah, totally, thanks. So, um, where are the kids? Sarah! Marky! Mrs. Cohen rushes into the room, trying to put on one of her heels. She's followed by her two children. I see Marky first. He's skinny and awkward-looking. My guess is he's 10 or 11. Then I see Sarah and gasp. She has dark hair and was not the little girl who opened the door for me. She looked maybe six or seven. Um, hi, I'm Poppy. Mrs. Cohen reaches her hand out. Liddy, nice to meet you. I scan the room. Um, is there another kid here? Mrs. Cohen looks confused. Nope, just these two little weirdos. <sighs> I breathe out slowly, trying to stay calm. Okay, this is already feeling fucking weird. A ghost kid then, maybe? Jesus Christ. Mr. Cohen playfully grabs both of his kids into a headlock. Sarah's having fun with it, and Marky looks annoyed and just goes limp until his dad lets go. Normally, I'd love to get to know you a little bit more, but Ariel has told us great things. It's easy to get lost in this house, so Sarah and Marky will show you around. We bought some Halloween treats, and Sarah really wants to carve pumpkins. Well, you're in luck, because I'm an expert. Really? 
I smile at her. She's really cute. No, you guys can teach me. Sarah grabs my hand. Come on. Mrs. Cohen kisses her daughter on the head and Sarah drags me into the dimly lit house. Bye, guys. Our cell number's on the fridge. We'll be fine. I hear the front door close behind the Coens. Marky rushes to catch up to Sarah and I. They lead me into the kitchen, which is decorated floor to ceiling for Halloween. Green and orange bat lights flicker. There are fake spider webs and a six-foot-tall hooded ghoul standing in the corner. I walk up to it and it startles me when it shrieks, Time Time for for you you to die. die. The kids laugh at me and I join them slightly embarrassed. I didn't expect that thing to talk. I pause, thinking for a moment. Are you guys sure you don't want to go trick-or-treating? Um, no. Kids will throw rocks at us. Are you serious? Sarah nods. Kids are stupid. I'm 12. I'm too old for their shit. Swear jar. Yeah, mom and dad aren't here. He's 12. I was close. Okay, let's carve these pumpkins. I'm really excited about this. Marky leaves the room and returns with his laptop. He opens it and grins at us evilly. Hey, Poppy, what do you know about the legend of this house? Marky, you're not supposed to scare us. It's Halloween. You gotta chill. I look at him. Not sure if I should engage this. I heard something about some, like, underground graveyard. I'm sure it's just a silly story. No. It's real. How do you have Dad found the entrance of the old tunnel when they first moved in? He won't tell us where it is because a bunch of it caved in and he's afraid we would go inside and get trapped or something. Well, anyway, I got, like, super into researching it last year and I found this. Found what? Cover your ears, Sarah. This is really scary. No, I want to know. Marky leans into us. The computer screen lights up his face creepily. There was this man. I don't know his real name, but after he died, he started being known as Cooties Hollow. He was more than evil. He was deranged. Apparently, his thing was to break into houses and kill entire families at five minutes to midnight. Well, not really break in, I guess. He got off on the fact that he would convince the families to invite him in first. And he didn't just, like, kill them. Like, gunshot, bam, dead. He skinned them alive. I look over at Sarah. She's white as a sheet. Okay, maybe this is too much for your sister. Okay, well, I just have to say one last thing. Okay, but then pumpkin carving and candy deal? Deal. So legend has it that the townspeople rounded him up with the other criminals and they killed each person based off their sins. Like a sentencing of equivalent violence. They skinned him. Yep, and the townspeople were warned by Cutis Hollow, I just love saying his name, that locking this amount of evil together can create its own level of ungodliness. A force that's next level wicked and it can't be tamed forever. He promised them, as they peeled the final strip of skin off his dying body, that he would be back a hundred years to the day. 11.55 p.m., just waiting to be invited in. Stop it, Marky! I swallow hard. This kid is freaky. Okay, enough. That's disgusting and awful, so pumpkins now. Marky shrugs. Okay, sure. But that's tonight, just so you know. He died on Halloween exactly a hundred years ago today. Don't say I didn't warn you. He is going to punish the town's descendants for what they've done. Stop. Marky throws his hands up in defense. That's all I'm going to say. The next few hours were pretty uneventful. We made some epic pumpkins. I got Sarah to bed by ten, and Marky and I watched Night of the Living Dead. A must for me on Halloween. And he was passed out on the other end of the couch. The movie ends and I stand. Definitely time for another round of snacks. I wonder when the Coens will be home. They said it could be late. I check my phone. 
11.54. I pause. <laughs> of course I start thinking about Kutis Hollow. He's supposed to arrive in one minute. I stand frozen in the living room. The sound of Marky snoring is all I can hear. The time on my phone changes. 11.55 p.m. The lights flicker. Come on. I shake my head and start to leave the room. I hear a loud knocking at my feet. I gasp. It's a coincidence. It has to be. Could be old pipes or rats. It's probably rats. I head to the kitchen to find something to arm myself with. Even if it's stupid, I need something for peace of mind. I hear the knocking again from below and then Marky's voice. Come in. He laughs. No! I grab a knife off the counter that I'd used to carve my pumpkin. I rush back into the living room and the lights begin to flicker again. This time the flickering doesn't stop. Why did you do that? I know it was you. I'm not stupid. But respect, I would have done the same thing. Marky, it wasn't me. Yeah, okay. I swear. I must have looked deadly serious because I could see he was starting to believe me. The lights dim until it was barely lit. The Halloween lights illuminate the kitchen. I grab Marky's hand. Come on. We can see better in the kitchen. Marky and I rush that way and I step in something wet. I slip and Marky catches me before I hit the ground. I turn on the flashlight of my phone to investigate what I stepped in. Blood. To be more specific, a bloody footprint. Oh, fuck. He's here. I look over at Marky, terrified. We have to get Sarah. We hear a groan from the kitchen. I look down, realizing there are more bloody footprints leading in. Without speaking, Marky and I cling to each other and slowly creep towards the sound. We enter the dark kitchen lit only by the bat lights. Scanning the room, nothing stands out. Where did that sound come from? My eyes land on the six-foot-tall hooded ghoul in the corner. <sighs> Air escapes my lungs. Fuck, I'm scared. Marky looks at me, and then in the direction of the figure. No, we should call mom and dad. I hand him my cell phone and he hangs in the doorway dialing his parents. I creep closer to the figure. The old floor creaks and gives at my every step. They're not answering. Sh should, I, should I call the police? I hold up a finger, signaling him to hold on a second. The last thing I need is for us to be wrong and the Coens arrive home with police cars in their yard the first time I babysit. I grip the knife tighter. Almost face to face with the ghoul. I hear a voice that haunts me to my bones. Are you scared, little girl? The figure drops the robe, and in front of me is Cootie's Hollow. The single most horrific thing I've ever seen. The legend is true. He had been skinned. He's only exposed flesh and tissue and bone. His fingertips are sharpened. Razor bone shreds and his teeth are all jagged and end in a deadly point. His black eyeballs protrude and his intestines move with barely anything holding them into place. Blood falls from him in a steady drip. He's exactly what you would imagine evil would look like. He grins wickedly. Time for you to die. 
Without warning, Kutis comes at me full speed. I let out a shrill scream and plunge my knife deep into the side of his chest. It squishes and in a gush, my hand and the knife tear through him to the other side. I fall, landing on my back. Kutis Hollow is on top of me. His skin face inches from mine. I gag on his rotten breath. You have no idea how much I'm gonna enjoy cutting into your sweet little face. Peeling back that creamy skin and tasting that tear living inside you. And thanks to that kid inviting me in, now I can pay a lot of visits to all the deserving happy families that did this to me. I try to hold back tears, but I feel them streaming warmly down my cheeks. Kuti sticks out his bloody tongue and licks a tear off my face. Mmm. You taste sweeter than a Halloween treat. None of the people who did this to you are even alive anymore. You'll just be punishing innocent people. There are no innocent people. If I can't have them, I will have their children. Their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren. This town is wrapped in evil. And they know they have it coming. They've been expecting me. You all have. Isn't that right? Coochie strikes his head up towards Marky. I can see the muscles and arteries in his neck. A chunk of something falls off of him and into my mouth. Marky, run! I take this moment of distraction and jerk my arm free. Slipping and sliding in Cootie's hollow's blood, I jerk out from under him and struggle to my feet. Cootie drifts along the floor at a rapid speed. The sharp bones of his toes scratch along the hardwood floor as he floats towards Marky. Marky begins to scream. Ah, ah, no! Ah, ah, I grab one of the jack-o'-lanterns and hurl it in Cootie's direction. It bounces off his back and explodes on the floor. Save Sarah! Kuti's hollow grabs onto Marky and holds him by the neck. Before I can even get a word out or move, he raises his bone fingers and begins peeling off Marky's face. I fall to my knees and let out a howl that sounds like an animal. No! I cover my face shuddering in terror. Marky's wailing in agony. I hear Kutis' voice. I'll come back for the rest. I lift my head and Kutis is gone. I'm breathing heavy, looking around in panic. I hear Marky gurgle. Rushing to him, I fall to my knees and realize the adorably awkward 12-year-old I was supposed to protect is dying. And no longer has a face. Kuti's hollow peeled it clean off. I can tell Marky's drifting towards death. He reaches out and grabs my arm, gripping it tightly. Oh, I'm sorry. Chokes and I sob. <laughs> no. This isn't your fault. <laughs> Marky's hand slowly releases its grip. He's dead. A scream rings out from upstairs. Sarah! I spring to my feet and run towards the stairs. I spot bloody footprints leading all the way up. Sarah! Where are you? I enter her room and rush to her bed. It's empty. I call her in a hush whisper. 
can hear soft crying. It's coming from under the bed. I slowly crouch down and lay on my stomach. I peer under the bed, squinting in the darkness. My eyes slowly adjust. Gotcha! Kutis Hollow's arm appears unnaturally long as it darts out grabbing for me. He slices a large chunk of skin from my face right above my eye. He holds my skin between his fingers and slowly places it into his mouth. Mm. Better than I even remember. I snap out of my fear trance and jump to my feet, holding my head. I tear down the hall in a desperate search for Sarah. I'm whisper yelling, Sarah, please, it's Poppy. Where are you? Where are you? I hear a small clatter from downstairs. I look behind me. No sign of Kutis. It's a 50-50 chance it could be Sarah. I take a deep breath. And run down the stairs as fast as I can. I pound down the dark hall, breathing heavy. I hear Kutis Hollow's voice echoing off the walls. He's singing. Dum, 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 dum. La, la, la. I can hear him speaking suddenly in a terrifying whisper in my left ear. Everywhere you go, I will follow. Then my right. I feel your pain. It feels so fucking good. He's everywhere and nowhere. We're the same. I want you to feel what I feel. The agony can be ecstasy, violent death, tortured souls. Oh, it just keeps me coming. Where the fuck is he? I run past a large dark room. It appears to be the master. I hear a small sound from within it. I enter slowly. Sarah, I whisper. (gasps) Something is standing in the room watching me. I gasp and stumble back. It's a reflection of myself in the giant mirror that hangs on the wall. Fuck. Poppy. I hear Sarah whisper from the ensuite bathroom. I rush towards her voice in the darkness. I see her curled in a ball on the bathroom floor. She's crying softly. I wrap my arms around her. Oh my god. Is Marky dead? I pause, not ready to lay that on this poor little girl. Come on. We gotta get out of here. Your fun is out there. Just then we hear his swishy footsteps followed by a click of bone approaching. I think fast and open a bathroom cabinet. Here, get inside. Don't make a sound and don't come out no matter what until I tell you to, okay? Sarah scrambles into the cabinet and I softly close the door behind her. I look around the dark bathroom desperately. The footsteps are getting closer. I step into the bathtub and close the shower curtain. I cover my mouth to quiet my terrified breath. (gasps) He's in here. I can feel him. Oh, please, God, don't let him find us.
I smell the rotten stench again. I don't have to look. I heard he know he's in the bathtub behind me. How do you want me to peel you? Top to bottom or bottom to top? He hisses in my ear. I let out an ear-shattering scream and Kutis grabs me. Digging his fingertips into my flesh, I think fast and I turn on the shower full blast to the hottest setting. I scream as my skin burns and blisters. Kutis Hollow lets out an inhuman-sounding shriek. I realize his flesh is melting away and pooling at my feet. It's a literal bloodbath. He dives from the shower and I catch a glimpse of him in the darkness. He's mostly bone now. His gut's more exposed and random pieces of muscle and tissue still hanging on. He's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. I jump from the scorching shower, hitting the bathroom floor with a thud. The front door opens suddenly. I hear the Coens enter their house. They take a couple steps and then I hear Mr. Cohen's voice. He sounds concerned. They must have noticed a bloody footprint or something. Hello? Mrs. Cohen lets out a deafening scream. I know in that moment she must have found Marky's body. I hear glass shattering loudly from the master bedroom. I enter from the bathroom and notice the giant mirror has been shattered. But on the other side was no wall. It was just never-ending darkness. It must be the underground tunnel Marky told us about. Cootie's Hollow was nowhere to be seen. I pause hearing the Coens running frantically through the house. I hear them above me. They must be searching for Sarah in her room. I hear Mr. Cohen yell. Call the police! Sarah! I turn slowly, sensing something behind me. Sarah is standing in the ensuite bathroom door. I take a step towards the darkness of the tunnel. Don't! Sarah begs me tearfully. They'll never believe it wasn't me. I'll tell them the truth. I rush up, hugging Sarah. Thank you. But you know as well as I do, a skin man from a secret hell isn't going to be easy to explain. They won't want to believe the legend is real. If you ever see my parents, can you tell them I love them and that I'm sorry? Sarah nods, crying. I approach the opening of the tunnel. A hand that is mostly bone reaches out for me from the blackness that surrounds it. I pause. The moonlight streaming through the master bedroom window illuminates part of a face. It's sweet little Marquis. Kuti's Hollow is wearing it as a trophy. I swallow back my fear and reach out for his hand. The bones close around my fingers, and together we disappear into the darkness. I know I'll likely never be seen again. But I couldn't face the judgment, the consequence if no one believes me. If I'm blamed for this, the underground with Kuti's Hollow became my only choice. Poppy was right. They never would have believed her. A lot easier to blame a past troubled girl than face their own evil. Evil they have hidden for over a hundred years now. It worked well for me knowing they're focused on the wrong person. Even though the evidence is right in front of them. Deep down, I believe the Coens know. Why else did they hide the tunnel entrance all these years? No one listened to poor little Sarah. Even though she was telling the truth. I'll be back for her. I'll be back for all of you. And this time, 
I won't wait a hundred years. Who knows? I might even be back tonight. Bum, bum, dum, 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 dum. The Skinned Man, written by Chrissy Fox. Guest starring Chaz Bono as The Skinned Man. Bonnie Aarons as Mrs. Cohen. Radic Lord as Marky. And Nalling Marina as Ariel. Featuring Chrissy Fox as Poppy and Sarah. Spider One as Mr. Cohen. Tyler Connolly as Mr. Hart. Engineered by Tyler Connolly. Production, sound design, and music by Chrissy Fox. Theme music by Tyler Connolly, Chrissy Fox, and Trevor Shand. Bleeder's Digest is created and curated by Spider One, Chrissy Fox, Trevor Shand, and Lauren Shand. Subscribe on your favorite podcast provider to never miss an episode. Bleeder's Digest is a presentation of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. All right, it's the Bleeder's Digest. How <laughs> I felt that one. That was good. Right? Yeah. 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 It's the Halloween edition, I guess. My name is Trevor. <laughs> I'm Lauren. I'm Chrissy. And I'm Spider. Happy Halloween, everybody. Woo-hoo. So at time of release, we're concluding our Halloween celebration. We've had special guests, actors, and narrators from the horror community all month long, we've had Scout Compton, Katie Cassidy, Bryce Johnson, Laura Minnell, Mark Kelly, and on this new one, episode 21, The Skinned Man, you've heard... Chaz Bono, Bonnie Aarons, Nalang Marina, and Radic Lord. That's an all-star lineup. Wow. Pat. Yeah. That's awesome. And I was in there, too. Yeah, you were in there. I was in there. <laughs> Tyler's in there. That was a marathon one to, one to act in. It was, it was a long one. It was To narrate that guy it was crazy. And uh, Spider was Mr. Cohen. Yes. Very, him and Bonnie were married. His dream finally came true. Yeah. I don't know if he picked up the chemistry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sure did. Or meant to be. Uh, yeah. I'm excited about this. The and, only woman I'm willing to give him up for. And you gave birth to a new horror icon. Another new horror icon. <laughs> yes. The, the skinned man. Yeah, this story was really cool because I, I really wanted to write something that felt like old school horror movies like um, like Freddy Krueger. And, and so I just I wanted to create a character that maybe down the road we could turn into a movie. And I wanted it to feel nostalgic, but really scary and fun and all be based around Halloween. So I was uh, super excited about the story. And Chaz was so scary. I also love that he decided to do the character in a southern accent. Yeah, that was his idea. He came in and we talked about it before he went in to start recording. And he's like, I just think everything sounds scarier in a Southern accent. And I couldn't really think of uh, a mythological killer that had an accent like that. So I was like, yeah, that's cool. A new twist. And as soon as he did it, I was like, that's totally Cootie's Hollow. 100%. How did you come up with the name? Cootie's is Latin for skin because he's skinned. Oh, and uh, okay. Hollow obviously is a throwback to Halloween. So. Right. I was thinking like cute. like cuticle, you know? <laughs> yeah, right? I, I did a bunch of, you know, research to try to figure out like a cool word for his first name. And that was what I came up with. I'm curious. How did you meet Chaz? I actually met him through uh, a manager we both work with. And he's like, you guys have to meet each other. You guys are both obsessed with serial killers. You guys are going to get along so well. And him and I jumped on a phone, a phone call one day and we literally talked about serial killers for like almost three hours. So he was absolutely right. And uh, he's just, he's a rad guy and 
And uh, he really wants to actually write a story for Bleeders in the future himself. So it's really great. And he's a really great actor. And I don't know if you guys have seen him on American Horror Story, but he did some awesome work on that. And then Bonnie, Raddick, and Nalling appear on stuff that you're working on. And it's currently coming out as well, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, Bonnie and Raddick are both in Frank, my film that just came out this Monday. And Bonnie Raddick and Nalling are in my upcoming film, I Live Alone, altogether. So um, I just figured, you know, if we're going to have Bonnie, we're going to have Raddick. We should just have the whole cast in there. And Nalling was so perfect as Ariel. And uh, and I just am a super fan of her acting. And Raddick is always great. I, w- I called him and I was like, hey, can you play a 12 year old? He's like 25. And he's like, um, I guess so. And he started sending me voice notes and he did great. And Bonnie always does great. You know, I was like, look, it's a smaller role, but she's like, I'm not missing out on this story. I'm coming. So she Bonnie was uh, awesome and came and played Mrs. Cohen for us. Well, let's hear from the cast of The Skin Man with uh, Chaz Bono first, followed by Nalling, Raddick and Bonnie. Um, So the first time I read the script, um, when I read the line, are you scared, little girl? The first the first thing that that Cadiz Hollis says, it just it just screamed out like I don't know this character that that came out with this southern accent and I, I as an actor maybe it's a crutch I don't know but I just think everything's scarier with a southern accent so whenever I can use one and it just you know I for something like horror based I do but this one like I said I saw that line I read that line the first time. Are you scared, little girl? And it just like that was kind of that's that's what sold that that idea to me. Yeah, no, I I, I love this story because it just it's you know it's it felt so old school to me. Like you know um, the kind of uh, horror films that were around when I was a kid, like. Uh, you know, obviously the the Freddy Krueger films, and then you know there's a little bit of of like Halloween and stuff thrown in there, and so yeah, it's very nostalgic. It's it's great for um, you know to come out in the month of October, and I am a huge Halloween fan. I'm a huge horror fan, so like I love this month like coming up it's um i try to watch turn halloween or turn october for me into a month of just watching only horror and that's it for that month so uh this just you know is it makes me happy it fits it fits all of those those things that you want out of um out of a out of a Halloween scary story, so I watch The Exorcist every Halloween. That's my ritual. Drives my girlfriend crazy at this point because she hates watching things over and over. But that's what I do. Um, and um, so that's probably my favorite horror film. It's just it's I just think it's brilliant. It's brilliantly acted, shot, scary as hell, and it is also something that would never be made today because you just wouldn't do that to a child nowadays. Um, and, um, God, other... I mean, I like all sorts of 
for, you know, I like I my favorite thing in in October is to like look at all the stuff that's come out that is um lesser known and find sales like on on iTunes and places cuz there's always sales of indie horror films and you check out like new kind of weird stuff and try to find some like hidden gems out there which is fun hi i'm nalling marina and i'm playing ariel i love this story um because the story she's telling she's telling it in a classroom but it almost feels like i am telling it from a fireside and i always used to do that growing up in alaska we would just have bonfires on halloween and uh, it, it was really fun, so I'm excited for this story to come out. It is fun to kind of go back there a little bit. Happy Halloween! Hi, guys. I'm Radic Lord. Um, this special episode for you guys um, really resonated with me in the sense of I have two older siblings, and this is definitely as real as it would get if this... Kuti's Hollow was real. This is exactly how I think me and my siblings would have reacted in that scenario. And it's it's one of those things when I read this, I just put myself in those shoes. I am the youngest sibling. At that age, I I wouldn't know what to do. No one would know what to do. And uh, calling your parents, even though that's like that's a really nice sentiment, be like, hey, let's call our parents first. That's exactly what I, what I would have done, which is, like, the dumbest thing you could have done. Um, but also, one of those things, I'm so into, like, the supernatural now where I start thinking, like, there's just no way you're going to survive this. I'm sorry. Like, if, if this guy's coming after you, you're screwed, you know? And uh, that's the lesson here, I guess. If anything supernatural happens to you, just know that you're most likely going to die. And there's no chance of survival. Especially if Kutizalo is coming after you. Hello, my name is Bonnie Ahrens, and I'm playing the role of Mrs. Cohen. And this story came out of the twisted, fucked-up mind of Chrissy Fox. I love this story especially because it is based on Halloween, and it's my favorite time of year. And it is completely frightening and disgusting so if you enjoyed the skin man or any of the other stories on bleeders just leave us a review on apple podcasts it helps the show get found and keeps the episodes coming on this post show we might actually read your review also keep in mind that the post show is the uh critically lauded <laughs> part of bleeders people, start people just, just love the post show <laughs> Everybody's favorite. Read the review. Read the review, and, and this isn't in a bad way. <laughs> of the no, because we did get like we like to read the five star reviews because it feeds our ego. <laughs> but someone did complain. Yeah, it's hilarious, Hang and uh, they they really love the podcast. <laughs> but they were just upset that it was we didn't do enough of them. It was too short, or something like that. Yeah, I think they hated the post show, wasn't it? Well, that's, I understand. I give them that. I give them that. They were like, why is it longer it than the story? It was too long last week because of me. Hang on, I'm pulling it up. But Sorry. I want to, I just want to, I think it'd be interesting to, you know, also address some 
if there is criticism, why not? For sure. Right? For sure. Right? No one's scared, right? We're not scared. I'm oh, a little scared. You can't find it. So I got it. Cat Saturday episode. The voice acting is really top tier. The thing that bugs me is that for a once a week episode, there's always more talking behind the scenes than the actual episode. Whilst this is great hearing mindset and creation, I want more. But which is that's fair. That's it's cool. It's positive. Except they gave us two stars, even though they love the podcast. And that makes sense. <laughs> but wait, wait, cat, what is it? Cat Saturday? Yeah, cat, cat Saturday. Saturday. Two eyes. Well, I don't know if that's a male, female, whatever, but it doesn't really matter. But um, I mean, I think that uh, I don't think people understand like how hard it is to do this. Yeah. Like, well, you know, we think about creating an original story every week. Finding people to voice it, then recording it, then doing all the post and the sound effects and then patch it, uh, uh, packaging it together. And so I just, uh, well, I'm flattered that they want more. I think that sometimes people don't understand the amount of time, and not to mention we all have other lives. too. <laughs> we do other things, yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, just bear in mind that, you know, it would, yeah, it would be great to be able to do three a week, but I don't think that's it's not possible at all. So, yeah, we, we need yeah. you guys to like get, you know, we just need to have about seven million listeners in order to just quit all of our jobs and just do this all the Which time. Which would be amazing. <laughs> Which would be. Yeah. yeah, no, but I think that maybe Cat Saturday, if you are listening if you could just like change your stars, <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you really like the podcast, <laughs> yeah, Saturday is either we'd... like super psyched that we're talking about their uh, comment or you know like pissed off. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate your listening and that you do like it, but just understand the amount of uh, effort and time that goes into doing these every week. It's uh, yeah, be very difficult. And we did two this week. So, yeah, crazy. We do have another one that talks about the post show. Do you guys want one more? Oh, yeah, there's a po- <laughs> wow. A post show review. I love this. I know. Well, as mentioned. OK, so we got five stars for this one. Thrills Woo-hoo! and chills. Woo! I'm who, fairly. Who wrote it? It's how she lives. Um, OK, so I'm fairly new to Bleeders Digest. And after listening to the thing in the road, I'm hooked. I'm a big fan of old time radio drama. So this show is right up my nightmare alley. I'm listening to all the older episodes now. We'll be completely bummed when the season ends for break. I love the program. Even if the after show goes off the rails, <laughs> stay bloody and keep digesting gory bits. Very cool. Thank you. Gory bits. Stay bloody and keep digesting. I, I think like gory that. Bits just came up yeah. with our official. <laughs> At least for this week. I think that's what we'll be using. <laughs> stay bloody and keep digesting. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap up this one? No. Just very excited. I hope everyone has a great and happy Halloween. Um, our daughter just crashed it and she's yelling for no reason. So, But yes, we hope you have a safe and fun Halloween. It's literally the best day of the year and we can't wait for next week. Do you, do you guys want to give a hint for next week? Sure. Another very special guest. I'm very excited about this one. You know him, you love him. Mr. Bill Mosley will be appearing on Bleeders Digest. So stick and stay. Don't go away, as they say. And if you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, please do so at Bleeders Digest. That's D-I-E-G-E-S-T and at BleedersDigest.com. So for Spider, Chrissy, Lauren, and myself, what was it? Stay bloody and, and keep, keep digesting. And keep digesting. 